You're listening to Our World is Local with Nick Kilby and Heather Jameson. Thank you for joining Our World is Local with me, Nick Kilby from Kratos and... Me, Heather Jameson, and I'm editor of MJ. You certainly are. And you had a bit of a shindig on Friday. I did. I had a good party. And I, I was actually very ill, so I missed out on it. But I did get quite emotional on seeing Jay Rooney accept the award for Bob. Yes, we all did. So I would have got very emotional if I'd been there. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was great fun, lots of fun. It was, do you know what, it's my favourite night of the year because it is, um, it's a chance to celebrate local government. And I know I sound very, very geeky when I start talking about <laughs> this. So um, it, it's an absolute privilege to say thank you. You know, we work with sector. Sometimes we are... A little bit of a critical friend, but to be able to say thank you and to recognise the great work that everybody does mm. is, is a real privilege. Yeah, and I think that's what... It's this time of year is just an, an exciting time because it's it's fresh and it's people are all geared up to go for the next year. And I, I, I like it. It's, it's local government at its best. This is my busiest three weeks of the year. So yeah. we've got the awards, the SIPFA conference and the LGA conference all in one go. Yeah. I'm not sure. What has the sit for conference? They sit there looking at spreadsheets? Or? That's my favourite conference ever. So they, they have workshops and streams for the technical stuff that is a little bit beyond me. And the guest speakers are all world-renowned international economists and things like that, and they are brilliant. It's Aye. a fantastic... Honestly, it's my favourite conference. Okay, so anyone who's organising the LGA conference, please don't take that personally. So uh, LGA conference is too big to see everybody, you see. Ah, I see, I see. So that's coming up shortly, and we've got a very special guest who will become the high priest of local government. Oh, there's a there's a title. Yeah, I thought I've been working on that all night, and and it's also for us. It's one of the busiest times. It's a time where I can really enjoy conversations with leaders and chief execs about what they really want to do yeah and, and it's very hard to find a moment in time where people can just sit down and think about things that they've they they just don't have time it's, we're living in such a mad world of emails zooms and everything else well that's but, the thing isn't it it's um getting together becoming i think increasingly more important given that more and more often people are just um talking on zoom yeah at home and, and I hope that this year for the LGA disco that we do have the, the Shadow Secretary of State turn up because we've gerrymandered the music, especially for her, Excellent. so that should she wish to have Britney Spears played, that is in fact possible this year. Brilliant. Uh, but if she doesn't turn up, I'll be mortified. That would be. But it was great, great last year, and I'm expecting it to be great this year. I was with a, a lovely district council. And it's also, you're also aware at this time of year is as new administrations are bedding in and getting used to each other. And it was fantastic to work with a cabinet who were all really eager, but not necessarily sure of how they should be working with the officers. And the officers desperately wanting to encourage their members to do things, but not knowing how far they could go in saying, why don't you suggest this? It's a bit of a weird thing for officers because it's like, if you told me to do this, I could do that. So, and for those of them that go, go 
a little bit too far, I'd just like to remind them that the MJ back pages are available for job advertising. <laughs> okay, yes. Yes, I mean, I, yeah, well, we won't go into all of that. But it's a really fascinating time. So are you going to introduce our special guest who's quietly listening to us? I certainly will. Well, the person I sat next to at the MJ Awards <gasps> last week. Really? So our, Hugh Edwards? Well, that was the other oh, side. Right, right, right. So, our special guest this week is not only a very important figure in local government, as you've already pointed out, but last year's MJ Award winner, the leader of Telford and Recon Council, and the soon-to-be chair of the LGA, it is Sean Davis. Welcome, Sean. Hello. Hello. Good to be back. (laughs) My second time on the podcast. Yeah, but look at this now. You've got expectations of you next week. I'm really looking forward to being in sunny Bournemouth. And and since, you know, the elections and it was clear that Labour were going to have this opportunity, how's the conversations gone? Because it's, it's a bit of a, there's a little bit of a sort of honeymoon, isn't there? A false dawn before you actually get the keys of the LGA. So, well, uh, to describe it, Nick, is it's a bit like the period between a council election results and the council's AGM, where there's yeah. been a change of control. But unlike in council land, where that could be sort of three or four weeks, it's a couple of months in the LGA. And someone was, someone, um, was sort of describing it for me, I, I think on, a, on a quite a grand scale, and they thought they that they how it's very similar to the US presidential elections, <laughs> <laughs> which, I, which I, I thought was quite a grand comparison, but a uh, comparison nevertheless. And that is good. And, and it's been a while since Labour have had this opportunity. What, tell us, no one's listening. It's absolutely fine. No one's <laughs> going to hear anything. What is the vision? What, how do you look at the LGA now and say, this is where our, our, our direction of travel is? Well, firstly, our unique position within the local government family is a cross-party organisation which is member-led on behalf of member councils. And that's something that is crucial in the DNA of the LGA. And and, and therefore, as the new chair of the LGA, that's something that I I take very seriously indeed. And working with group leaders, obviously we have two new group leaders in Kevin Bentley and Nestle for the Conservatives and Labour Party respectively and also working with the with Joe um, and the independent group too, Marianne. So I'm really looking forward to, to doing that but I think it's also an opportunity to challenge ourselves as an organisation to make sure we are the best membership organisation we could possibly can from learning from the best within the local government sector and the things that we do as an LJ but also looking at other membership organisations about how they communicate how they lobby how they form policy um, and then also clearly there's going to be a general election um, at some point either next year or certainly January 2025 and I've want the LJ to be general election ready whether that's a continuation of the Conservative Party with Rishi Sunak with his own uh, mandate or whether that's a Keir Starmer Labour government coming in or whether that's a Parliament and um, I wanted to make sure that we're in a position where all the major political parties are looking at the LGA for policy development. I want to have challenged the sector to come up with a, a local government act of two, for 2025 very much uh, from local government for local government but um, for our communities and, equ- and, then, and then a, a personal mission, mission of mine um, which I want to do is, uh, as long as I'm in the chair is I want to develop um, and uh, look at that very unique relationship that we as a local government family have with looked after children and care leavers. The way I see it is 
the LJ is very much like the, the, the corporate uncle or, or auntie. Obviously, our membership councils are corporate parents. But if you had a uncle or auntie like the LGA in your family, the, the ability for the LGA to advocate both to government and to the public and private sectors and to voluntary organisations is, is pretty impressive. And I want to make sure that the LGA is using all its levers possible to look at, for, to, to help support our looked after children and care levers. I absolutely love the idea of getting the organisation focused to put forward its uh, Local Government Act 2025. I think that's really cool. That's a, that's a real clarion call to arms, isn't it, for everyone? And it's and by the sound of it, that sense of apolitical, I'm bringing forward the whole sector's views, I think is very powerful. What do you think from a, a journalist's point of view, though? Well, so I, I have to confess that I did speak to uh, Sean in preparation uh... for an article for, in next week's MJ um, earlier this week. And so I'm going to ask the same question again that I asked him on Monday, which was, um, so, Sean, what are you putting in your uh, Local <laughs> Government Act? Well, it's a, it's a rallying call, isn't it, to the sector. So I want every part of the sector member councils, officers, members, the relevant associations, allies of uh, local government to come forward. So, and it can't be just a classic begging bowl or shopping list. It has to be more than that. It has to be beyond that. You know, what what are the powers that and resources that local government need to deliver either on um, Rishi Sunak's five priorities or uh, on Keir Starmer's five missions? What are the pieces of legislation that we need to abolish to, and, and, and remove so local government can get on and, and support local communities and be more efficient? And it's a real moment in time, I think, where we can very much put ourselves into a position where we're seen as enablers of the National Party. And I think there's a realisation that you know, the, the old way of doing things from desks and departments in Whitehall isn't working. And if you look at all the, the major political parties' focuses and priorities, they need local government to deliver it on them. But we know as a sector that we need legislation in order to really maximise our own potential. So I realise as, as chair of the LGA, you have to consult with all your other stakeholders and, and make sure that you get their answers to that. But speaking as the leader of Telford and Recon, what is the first thing that you would ask of the government as the leader of Telford and Recon? Well, I mean, I, I think it's about the ability for, for trust, isn't it? So I genuinely don't understand why there are caps on things that the councils can charge. So give me, let me give you an example. If you look at fly tipping, for instance, so Offlog are going to measure councils on fly tipping. At the moment, councils are, by law, maxed out on how much they can charge people who do the wrong thing and fly tip. Then that means that the cost of, inve- the cost of the investigation and cleanup is far beyond how much we're able to hit people with a, a fine in their pocket for doing the wrong thing in their local communities. I don't understand why in 2023, 2024, why it's, it's, it's appropriate for that, that type of um, pr- um, um, cap to be in place. And that's just one example of how actually if you allow councils just to get on with mm. making their place better um, and, um, and not uh, holding one hand behind their back, they could, they could certainly do that. I think the, the, the other thing that was suddenly coming into my head, and you'll all groan when I say it, but it's almost like a getting the Chamberlain moment out of everyone. It's like, what do you want to do, local government? Don't wait to have it done to you. What do you want to achieve? So it would be really fascinating to see how that consultation over the next uh, few months goes and what comes out, because it's been a long time since local government has felt confident to say this is what we want to do and this is where we are and we saw it deliver in the pandemic 
And then we've gone back into a little bit of self mode and change. But this could be a real watershed moment if you can get it to be totally embraced by all parties. Yeah, and, and listen, you know, I'm not naive enough to, to think that there might not be shades of this act, right? So that there's a local government act which is designed and, and probably a, a little bit more pa palatable if there's a, a government of a particular colour compared to another government of a particular colour. So we need to be uh, agile in what we're putting mm. forward. But we also, the challenge I'm setting for the sector is that, it, yes, we know that if we need money, we know that we need resources. Of course we do. And that is a given and that's in every conversation that we have with everybody but we also need to move beyond that and start to think about what are the levers what are the tools uh, that we require as a sector to make a positive difference to our communities and our country and that's the that, that's the rallying call i'm going to give to the sector and i hope that they won't disappoint i'm sure they won't disappoint and actually yeah. i think it's quite positive nick as well i mean i yeah, think that one of too. one of the things that we one of the things that i think the sector has for obvious reasons being in a space around is that the day-to-day -day and just the ability to get your head up and start to think about an horizon scan is something that's positive but something that we also need to take some time to do. Um, there is obviously with the uh, elections coming along and the LGA's role of representing the voice of local government cross-party there is of course yet again the issue of adult social care and children's services and the burden that that's putting on to the budgets. We all know that for those councils that have those responsibilities, you're looking... I've never met a council that says it's less than 60% of its entire budget where they have that responsibility. It's And politician after politician nationally has said, oh, I've got a solution or we're going to solve it. Is this going to be, you know, how are you going to take that forward with the, all the parties? Because in, in the next 10 years, surely that has to be one of the things that Westminster gets down to deal with. Absolutely. And I think that there is a, a cross-party acknowledgement that these issues need to be resolved, both in national national party level and also within local government. The, the conversation and the rub, isn't it, is, that, is what solutions are possible. But you're right um, that most councils are north of 60% of their budget being spent on safeguarding children and, and adults. And that simply is not sustainable if you want councils to be doing other things like, for example, economic growth and both both major political parties want the country to be, to be increasing its growth rate uh, nationally you can only do that if you empower local areas to do that in my opinion so if you want councils to do more in that space you are going to have to resolve some of these structural issues the, the other point is i don't think that these things are in themselves a, a, an island the problems and uh, issues that the NHS has links directly to social care and the fact that social care is broken. Um, and if you look at some of the big issues around cost of living and poverty, that directly links to increased demands in, 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 in children's services. So you've got to get those two real fundamental blocks right. Um, I think we need as a sector uh, to do some work together to speak on one voice around this. I know that's a big, big challenge, but the reality is that my colleagues who are metro mayors aren't talking about those these two big issues because they don't directly link into their areas of responsibilities. But as I 
would talk to any Metro mayor, if you want your place to be successful and to continue to improve, you've got to make sure that social care um, and adult and children's social care um, are working um, in order to contribute to the rest of your agenda. So there's something for Metro mayors to get into this space, although they're not directly responsible for it. And there's also a challenge for local councils to speak with one voice as, as far as possible. Uh, and then I think it's about a big challenge to both major political parties and uh, the other political parties, which is, this is unique. This is political, but actually the solution has to be cross-party, and we need to see some statesmen and women uh, around this space. I agree. It's also very interesting that apparently there are now two million people on long-term sick, and they fall between the NHS and I would imagine they've come into contact more with local government than they would have ever done before, and that for any political party in Westminster is a big issue that needs to be helped and understood and uh, resolved, uh, which actually local governments are probably in a better position to help uh, those people than people in their offices in Whitehall. Absolutely. And I think that that is the point, that adult social care and children's services is not... Um, simply a local government issue. It is an issue for the NHS. It is an issue for economic development. It is an issue for um, how successful um, or otherwise your your local place is. Um, but local government can't fix it, um, it within, within the current framework that we've got. We, we need a joined up approach and we need politicians nationally to step forward um, and as I say, act uh, and, and, and operate across the aisle, um, to use an American phrase, uh, to fix this issue because it is something that's going to be you know for generations to come a, a real challenge if it's not if it's not resolved we're obviously getting older as a country which is a good thing but that will undoubtedly cause bigger pressures on the system okay sean i'm picking up much more now that the lga has sort of accepted the 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 realities of offlog that was launched actually by michael gove last year at the conference but for me at the moment, the, uh, the, thus far, all the indications we've seen of, of the metrics that they're planning to use probably need a bit tweaking. What, what one thing would you say that you want to see local government judged on if you're going to be judged at all? So just to take a step back before I answer that direct yeah. question, I, th I think off-log, off you're right, it is happening. And uh, you know, despite the concerns uh, with those within the sector, cross-party officer member, it is happening and therefore we now need to work with the government to make sure it adds value. The metrics that you know, we've heard are potentially going to come out, you know, I think I can understand why they're being used from a, from a public, from a citizen's point of view. But if it's going to work, it needs to add value. And added value, I think, one of the big issues that, that we should be looking at as a country is public sector reform. At the moment, there is very little work done around cost shunting and wasted costs within the public sector. So, for instance, a council, well, let me reverse it, an NHS trust or a police force not spending X then has a cost on Y, which is being picked up by local government or positively local government spending a load of money on trip rails trip rails and helping people preventing falls 
then sees a reduction in people going to hospital for, uh, and old people in hospital for falling, that is not then captured. And therefore, that, 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 that public pound at a local level simply goes, uh, simply doesn't work. So I would quite like to see Offlog look at evaluating and measuring uh, the impact of public money at, at a local level and how um, we can be far more joined up and far more efficient in the investment decisions we make um, as, uh, as a public sector. Yeah, we, one issue that we don't talk about actually on uh, this podcast is planning very often. And it's a, a major function in a lot of the, the districts and metropolitan. And certainly from my experience at the moment, the current Secretary of State has made a right pickle for... No uh, pun intended. Yeah, exactly. Of where we are at the moment, because he actually hasn't changed the law. He hasn't changed the rules, but he certainly encouraged certain councils to feel that they can get away with not doing anything at all. And there's a real sense, the the Labour Party have said they are going to be quite bold and their policy is slowly emerging, which I have to say every time I hear a little bit more, it's like, OK, right, OK, that's good. Interesting. And the Conservatives got quite affronted last week, I think it was, in the House, where someone questioned that their policy wasn't to build 300,000 houses, which I have to say, I was with the Labour benches. I, I, I didn't think that was still policy, but they were all quite upset that allegedly it wasn't. So. so house building is one of the ways to change place. It's one of the ways to get money into communities. It's one of the ways to build the economy. Do you think that planning has to be also part of your view of the Local Government Act and local government needs to start being much more openly proactive about their role because it's very often we hear about house builders, we hear about the government's view and then we only hear about the the antis. What about the positive? So, absolutely. So, I mean, first and foremost, what I would say is that you know, all decisions should be local and we should incentivise and encourage local councils to bring forward the, the, the right types of places where they want to build homes at the right type of level. I think the frustration in this, and I, and I, you know, I come from a particular type of view on this because I'm a new, I come from a new town and we're building upwards of twelve to 1,500 houses each and every year and we have done for the last decade, it, it is, is three things that I think are, are frustrations. One is that even in those areas where councils are delivering houses, the infrastructure lag is so significant that it causes concern, it causes issues at, at local community level. So, for example, you know, new new house building takes place and the NHS isn't investing in GP surgeries, for example. And equally, in council areas where they are being active, they've got a local plan. They are telling the market where they want those houses to be built, what type of houses the community needs. And when speculative development comes forward and the local council says no, too often either the planning inspector or the Secretary of State will intervene and turn over the local decision making of that council, even in where it's branded as NIMBYism. When it isn't NIMBYism, it is a fact that the local community and the local council have determined that that site isn't fit for purpose. The third thing I'd say is that we do need to see councils working together around housing needs. People don't live within administrative borders like councils like to think they do. They live in places which which are interconnected and therefore the ability to incentivise and support local councils to come together far more, I think, would be really, really helpful. I think that's a very welcome view of the world. 
And now, what else are you up to at the LGA? Are you going to a certain disco on Wednesday night? Well, when, I, I did have a little smile when you when you were talking about your disco last year at conference because that was my first event as as, as the LJ label leader at the time and I brought Lisa and Andy to that disco and felt very responsible when <laughs> um, Lisa didn't quite like the music and that's what it is put on. So, um, I, th- I think she is... did like the music as well though, didn't she? She seemed to be having a very good time. I don't think she wanted oh, to yeah. go actually. She wanted Britney Spears on, and you know who 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 wouldn't. Well, I, I'm I'm really I'm really really glad that is not my responsibility, and I'll be looking to group leaders to act as the appropriate tour guides to that disco uh, conference, so I can have the evening off. But I will be there as so, well. So uh, I was going to say, uh, Sean, um... close your eyes. My dad's music, <laughs> my, my, my dad, my dad dancing isn't isn't particularly good. I was just about to say it was a politician's answer, and you'd avoided the question about whether you were coming on the dance floor. Of course, I, 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 I don't I don't think I've missed one. Yeah, that's great. Look, I, I think it's, it's going to be a very exciting conference next week because I think that there's a real, and no disrespect to anyone who's been working hard for the last few years, but there is a, a, a sort of a freshness coming across. We've still got to wait to find out who is going to be representing the independents. I don't think that decision is announced until Tuesday morning. And it's a newish looking team for a new generation. So I think it's going to be very exciting. So thank you for joining us, Sean. And look forward to seeing you next week by the sea. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm really excited about going down to Bournemouth. I'm always excited about going to Bournemouth. It's, it's probably the best conference venue, isn't it? Oh yeah, but by country mile, and I think that and Bournemouth always goes out of its way to make you feel welcome. But the, the local government coming together—they've all had the elections. They've got through who's forming the administrations and that early stage. People can say whatever they want, but I think it's really good that cross-party all these people come together and they start to sit and talk and learn about what others are doing. And there's such great examples of work all over the country to share and benefit from that, I think. is. And I think, so it's a particularly interesting time, isn't it? Because as Sean said in the run-up to the election, this is this is the moment where yeah. local government should be solidifying what it wants yeah. from the next government yeah. and, and starting on the lobbying journey that will take us through the next 18 months and beyond. But I think, yeah, actually I'll also put in a little plug here for, we also do at the LGA conference every year, the um, LG Challenge final. So I shall be judging mm-hmm. the... Um, the finalists in that and they will be announced on the day on Wednesday at six o'clock so there's lots of really interesting fun things going on as well as the sort of big plenary sessions absolutely and then they go back to their their councils revived energized refocused the other thing is there's a lot of new people who have never been leaders before or just taken over as chief execs It's a great opportunity to go, now I've got in charge of the council, what do I do? <laughs> but we will sort all that out and we will report next month. We will. And we're having a fringe as well this time with the Leadership Centre no. on um, ICBs. ICBs? Yeah, one, one first year, first anniversary of ICBs. That's very exciting. And for those that don't know, that's something to do with hospitals and healthcare and that'll be very exciting. It's the, yeah, the health local government crossover. <gasps> we must cover that sometime. Yeah. But on that bombshell note, we're getting our suntan cream ready. We're getting our bags packed. We might even have a beach towel. But until next month, thank you for joining us on Our World is Local. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Our World is Local, brought to you by Craters Communications.
Copyright Creators Communications. Mm -hmm.